All right, hey everybody, welcome. Uh, we are doing a video for the first time as well as uh, recording this for uh, podcast purposes. And so uh, Derek and Bob here from Frontline Golf and and we are, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. We, we went to record our podcast this past week to do the recap of the memorial on Sunday. Uh, it was Nate and I, Bob unfortunately was out because uh, he was being an awesome husband. So uh, deserves a, you know, a great Father's Day gift uh, later this month uh, for being such a good husband um, and taking care of his wife on Sunday uh, who wasn't feeling well. But um, but now Bob and I are together. Nate has to work. So uh, so far, so a lot of moving parts. But it, it, unfortunately, our, our podcast, it cut off. And so we're going to be doing this and just recording. And, and this gives us an opportunity also to look ahead and make some picks uh, for this upcoming week's tournament, which is a new tournament. But before we do that, uh, which is going to be the kind of the thrust of this, it's not going to be a long uh, episode or anything like that. The thrust of it's going to be about making picks for this week. But, um, you know, uh, and Bob, I don't know, maybe you should text Nate and get his picks while we're sitting here doing this. I don't know. But, uh, but, uh, cause he didn't give us any picks. He just said he wasn't going to make it cause he's, you know, really important has to put out. A Nate's taking Tony Finau by a million. T- Tony Finau by a million. <laughs> not even in the field, but he's taking him by a million. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if he's in the field or not. He's picking Tony Finau. Uh, uh, well, so anyway, but like, I think there's this, uh, uh, you know, obviously the story of John Rom withdrawing Nate and I talked a lot about it on Sunday on the podcast, uh, that we, uh, we tried to record, but, um, uh, I'd love to hear your take on it. Obviously, um, what were your thoughts with, you know, everything that transpired, everything that happened? Uh, you know, obviously you live in California Nate and I both live on the East coast, uh, where I think things are a little bit more lax. Uh, COVID is still probably more of a big deal in California. I'm assuming than it is here. Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on just how you felt like that, that transpired. If, if you felt like the tour got it right, do you feel like the tour got it wrong? Like what are your thoughts? Well, you know, it, first of all, I, I really hope, you know, and I, I know, I know John Rom was uh, asymptomatic or unsymptomatic or, or whatever, but I, I hope he and his family, he's got a newborn baby. Right. Um, and uh, I know his wife, uh, obviously after you give birth, there's a lot of uh, medication you can and can't take. So I hope they're all fine, first of all. Right. And they don't get sick. And uh, so I also hope that's, uh, you know, first and foremost, that I hope his family's okay. Uh, yeah, did, did the tour get it right? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the, the tour's policy kind of is what it is. Um, I, I think it's kind of bad luck, right, for, from Rom's standpoint that he was in that, I'm going to say, close contact or contact tracing protocol. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't read anywhere if he was vaccinated or not and if he was one of the, you know, few percent that ended up getting it after getting the vaccine. So hard, hard to tell on that side. So a little bit of bad luck. Um, I, I will say – I kind of have mixed feelings because golf is one of the very few activities that you can do and be very socially distant. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really sure. easy. You're on a giant golf course. You can be socially distant, but that said, you know, if he does have COVID uh, the risk, especially for adults is so great that, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. It's probably the right thing to do. It is it, it's terrible. It's awful. I don't, I, I mean, goodness the man was playing the best golf of the year for for him you know since uh since last year and he was lighting it up he made an ace on on saturday or was it saturday he made the ace or friday um and then he comes off the course and i don't know if you saw the video there was a video that cbs got of him when the official actually told him 
what happened, what, you know, that, that he tested positive and he had just walked off the 18th green and he just like put his hands out. He collapsed. Uh, the camera was following him and the caddy just like, you know, shut, shut, you know, shut the camera away. And he just, you, you knew that he had got some terrible news and nobody knew what, what news was given at the time. So I, I, it's tough, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, um, COVID's one of those things you can't, I don't know if you can, you can't necessarily like, uh, all kinds of people are trying to pass blame one way or another. And I, I don't know. Um, I think at the end of the day, the tour probably made the right decision and pulling them off the course. Um, I would want to make sure that it's a positive test and not like a false positive. Right. right? Cause yeah, I think he sure. got tested four days in a row and the first three days were negative, And then the fourth was positive. Well, can he get another test before he has to withdraw to make sure that was good? I, I I don't know what some of those protocols are, but that that was tough, man. That was tough. Right, yeah, and that that was kind of nay nay what we talked about too. Is we don't I mean we, we would assume that it's kind of like doping situations where you would get multiple samples of the same test, and and if they both came back positive, then that would kind of be a you know clear indication. But if if there weren't multiple samples taken, then obviously there there is lack. I mean, there's lack of knowledge on our end. Uh, which is fine. I mean, this is somebody else's medical like stuff. I mean, it's like we don't need to know everything <laughs> about what's going on in somebody's medical life. But you know, selfishly, Nate and I both were. You know, we picked John Rom to win the golf tournament. Like I picked him on the pod. Nate picked him in his work pool. And so when this happened, we were just like, "What in the world? Are you kidding me?" Uh, like it was just, it was kind of one of those things for us personally. But also, I mean, and and I, you know, for for me, I feel like we're in a place where there are thousands of fans at events now more than likely. And my guess is he was vaccinated. I don't know that, but I'm assuming that in order, you know, that with with vaccinations and things like that, like they would be encouraged by the tour to go ahead and get that done. Um, But, but again, that's, that's probably still up to them uh, to do that or not do that. Um, Because I don't think you could force anybody to get it. Um, but I mean, you would, I would just assume that guys who are wanting to play golf tournaments every week and travel all over the world all the time and around all different kinds of people, like would probably want that vaccination. I don't know. Um, and, and so it was, so for me, but, but, but like what, what I, what Nate and I talked about and what I think ultimately I felt like is I just feel like the protocol isn't a bad protocol when you don't have a lot of information but we are so far removed from where we were when all of this happened a year and three months ago. And, and we have so much more information to go off of and it, and and it just doesn't seem like the protocol has evolved to the point that our understanding of the virus has evolved, if that makes sense. And, and because of that, unfortunately a guy had to withdraw from this golf tournament that he was winning by six shots. Like, I mean, could we not like, give him his own private spot on the back of the range the next day, keep him away from everyone. Is there no way to like keep him six feet away from everyone, make him wear a mask? Like masks really do kind of protect other people from getting something from someone. Um, is, is there no way that you can put him in a group by himself? Like, I mean, wh- wh- I mean, what, what could, what could you have done other than say, sorry, but you have to leave the golf tournament. You have to withdraw. You're winning by six shots. I know this. Right, because I mean, the truth is, like, he could have shot seventy-seven, could have shot seventy-seven on Sunday and still been in a playoff. And like, so I mean, and who thinks John Rom's going to go out and shoot seventy-seven the day after shooting sixty-four? Like, 
No one in the world thinks that's going to happen. So he would have won this golf tournament running away more than likely. And, and so I think that's kind of the, that's, that's the frustrating part is you, you watch, you watch golf and you're a golf fan and, and you love seeing these guys play and compete at the highest level because they're the best in the world. And when the best in the world are playing better than anyone else, it is just, it's incredible to watch. Like, you know, Nate said it on the podcast, but he was hitting, he was hitting three woods from 280 to 15 feet on Saturday. I mean, it's like, he was, for all we know, he was going to go out and shoot 59 on Sunday. Like we don't, I mean, it was, it was just one of those kind of like, he, you could tell like he had everything. He He was making every putt he looked at. I mean, it was just, it was one of those lightning in a bottle kind of situations where, you know, I, unfortunately what, what he deserved, he didn't get, you know? And it's like, what, what, yeah. do, you, what do you, what do you do when, when what you deserve is not the result that you get? And then, you know, I don't know, just kind of a sucky situation altogether. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you know, you think of some other sports um, and the protocols are hard. I, I do agree with the, I'm going to call it the doping, uh, uh, analogy right and getting a second test just to verify it um but you know other sports have similar protocols where they pulled uh you know guys off of the mound or you know in in nba right if you're or in the nhl right if you get tested you got to sit out and, and um i know it happened to you know a couple of nba stars this past year i'm a minnesota fan so um Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, right? He's yeah. I, I follow a lot, a lot of him, and he got you know he got COVID in the middle of the year and had to sit out for like three weeks or so. But um, and as a sports fan, you don't want to see that. Um, as a, uh, a, a as a, a adult in this world who is at risk of getting sick, you want to stop the spread. So I don't know, you know, yeah. it's it, it, it's tough. But I, I will say, golf is so hard and you love watching guys in the zone and it happens so infrequently. And, and I think this year I've really only seen two rounds so far this year where I could say someone is like in the zone, right? One of them was JT at the players right, where he sure. just could hit anything he ever wanted to. Yep. And then, then Rom on, on Saturday, those are the two best single rounds that I've seen on tour this year yet. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. No, it would have no, been fun no. to see him finish it out. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think that that is a very – those are two really, really good um, analogies or, or comparisons of, of what, uh, you know, it looks like to watch the best players in the world play at their best. And um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, it, and, and like I said, I mean, you're, you're, you're completely right. Like, this is bigger than golf, and it always has been. Uh, this whole situation has always been bigger than golf. Um, but I, I just I just wish that, you know – I don't know. I, I wish that we could figure out a way um, to try and try and, especially in situations like this. I mean, it's just, <laughs> he, you know, it, it, the, the virus obviously wasn't impacting him. Um, obviously we can't go off of that because, you know, we know that it is, it will spread and it will get to other people that could impact in a much greater way. Um, but it just, you know, felt like, not saying that it was the wrong decision, but it definitely didn't feel right. You know what I mean? Whether it, whether yeah. it was logically right or not, it didn't feel right. And, uh, yeah. and so we have to deal with that. And, and, and you know, you, 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 I guess you just, you know, have to eat worms every now and then, but, um, 
but you know, it is what it is. But, um, but obviously I don't know if you got to watch any of Sunday's coverage or, or anything like that. I know you, you played a great round of golf on Sunday, uh, according to the text thread. So congrats on that, my friend. That was awesome. I did. I did. I hit it, uh, hit it real well on Sunday, took 10 bucks from one of my, uh, one of my buddies. So I can't, can't complain about that. Um, and, uh, I saw, it was actually good, but in, in first, the, the downside of being on the West Coast is the timing gets all messed up, right? So if you play golf, whether it's in the morning or afternoon, it doesn't matter when you play. You know, you're not done until you know, 12 o'clock or so, you know, 1 o'clock. You come home, you know, it's already 4 or 5 o'clock on the East Coast. So coverage is, is really uh, just wrapping up. So by the time I got home, uh, I had just turned it on for the playoff. So I got to watch the playoff live. Okay. Uh, and then I went back and watched the um, uh, uh, got got to uh, watch part of the last round, kind of yesterday. Kind of got watch watch the replay a little bit. Right. Um, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, I saw something very similar this weekend from a couple different tournaments. So I, I watched the end of the U.S. Women's Open. I watched the end of Memorial, and you know, I I feel like there's some advice that we got to give to pros right now. That <laughs> when you have a putt, you got to make get the stinking ball to the hole. I mean, Morikawa, that was the worst putt he hit in 73 holes. It was, it didn't even sniff the hole. He hit it out on the toe. And then, you know, a couple hours later, I'm watching Lexi Thompson in the U S open. I'm watching her just fall apart, which was just terrible. Cause she's another, uh, you know, women, women's golfer who I, I like to watch. Cause she kind of, she disrupts the way the game is played. And she was playing just phenomenal golf. Big right. lead, five shot lead going in the back nine at Olympic Club, and just um, you know, it, if anyone didn't see it, you know, she had an eight foot putt on. First of all, she shot forty one in the back nine uh, with a five shot lead going into the round or going mm. into the back nine. Mm. She had an eight foot putt on eighteen to um, get into the playoff, and she knew she had to make it. Now, an eight footer, you know, the pros make at what fifty, sixty percent, so it's not a gimme. Um, but she hit that eight foot putt and she almost whiffed. If you watch the replay, uh, it looked like a drive that I would hit. That's like three grooves too low. Like she almost whiffed on the ball, hit the top half of it. And that eight foot putt rolled about four and a half feet. Oh my gosh. She almost missed the three and a half footer that she still had left. It was the worst putt I'd ever seen a professional golfer (laughs) make. And, uh, and, it's, and from someone leading or, you know, with a chance to go into the playoff or the major and, and I watched Colin Morikawa and his putt, you know, and he's not the best putter in the world. He's, uh, he's got a stellar iron game and, and he gets, he gets it around. Okay. And when it's putting right. pot, it's yeah. hot. Yeah. He had a new putter in the bag uh, this week he, at the Memorial too. Yeah. He did, which yeah. was shocking. But again, you watch the replay really closely. And you see the ball is not center cut. It's like one ball to the outside of the toe. And it's just this massive little toe hook that he hits with his putter. I'm like, oh, Colin, that is a terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was brutal. Well, yeah, and I, to your point about Lexi, I watched her Saturday round, and it was great. I mean, she was five under, I think, on Saturday with no bogeys. Uh, played great and gave it all back on that back nine on oh, Sunday. Yeah. It, it just sucks, like, because she just she did play really great golf uh, the day before and. And should, you know, again, like if she, if she just gets to the clubhouse and, you know, a 
one or two over on the back nine she wins but um it it's so it's that's golf man golf is so hard especially when you're trying to win something you know i mean we we feel it you know you feel it when you play tournaments or when you play with your buddies for money or oh, whatever yeah. like when you're trying to win something it's hard and and that was what i saw on sunday is just like patrick cantley and colin morikawa you know uh, I give I give credit to Patrick Cantley for the putt he hit on the playoff hole for par, yeah. and on seventeen. Huge. I don't know if you watched that when you watched the replay, but his his birdie putt on seventeen, where he was able to tie for the lead, yep. was a great putt. And uh, and he had hit some really good putts that didn't go in previously on like thirteen and on and on fifteen. And you know, uh, Morikawa makes birdie on fifteen. He made par. Like you know, th- those he hit good putts. He just didn't make them. Um, and then he made the one on 17, he made the one in the playoff hole and, and, and that was the difference. I mean, that was really the difference because they didn't strike. No, nobody struck it great. Like that was the thing that you notice is that like they, they all had some nerves, um, and, and were struggling to get the ball close to the hole to, to make it easy on themselves. They were struggling with that all day long, and that's what Nate said. He said, you know, when he when we were when we were talking on the pod, he goes, "I turned it on to watch, you know, and I saw eight and nine, and it just looked like choke job, you know, mediocre <laughs> golf." And I'm thinking, John Rom should be winning this golf tournament right now, and here are two guys that get exposed under the <laughs> pressure because you know they were down by six shots, but now they're tied for the lead and they look like they're going to choke to death. You know, it was like, he was just, you know, giving them the riot act, but like, it was, it's just one of those things where, you know, that that's what happens in, in anything in golf and um, in, in almost any sport, whenever you're really playing for something, you're, 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 you're hoping to win something big. It's really, really hard to pull it out. And it's really hard not to let the nerves get the best of you, even for the best players in the world. And, um, and so, uh, you know, but I, like I said, I, I think, you know, hats off to those that were able to hold together just enough to get the win. Right. I mean, that's really, it's, uh, I, I tell my friends this all the time, whenever we're playing golf and they hit a shot that they kind of neck or they hit it off the toe and it turns out pretty good, you know, or they, you know, whatever they, they, they hit it from the trees and it just somehow rolls up onto the green, you know, for, you know, a par or a birdie putt or, you know, whatever. And, it, and, and I'm like, look, man, they don't draw pictures on the scorecard. And, and the other, the other truth is that this game is a game of misses. It's about managing your misses. If your misses aren't that bad, then, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna probably play okay, score pretty well and, and beat most of the guys it's uh, that you play against. So it, it, it's, uh, it's the game of golf, but uh, I'd be interested to hear your picks for this week. I know it's a new tournament. Uh, it, what Congree club, I think is the name of uh of Congress, Club and- south carolina low country hot bermuda grass i mean it's all it's 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 going to be very swampy and humid i'm sure uh only really two big names in this golf tournament dustin johnson brooks kepka uh really only two you know household big big names i mean there are other guys tommy fleetwood i guess maybe you counting that 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 field but um most of the guys not not super big names so who who do you have i think these are the harder ones to pick right because we don't have a bunch of big names to pick yeah from. these are the harder ones to pick who do you who do you see coming out kind of playing well this week i got I, I got three guys i'm looking at this week um and they're all local uh two of them are south carolina guys one's more of a southeastern guy because i i feel like uh and again i'll, I'll take a playbook out of nate's uh 
a page out of Nate's playbook where, you know, the grasses make a difference, your familiarity with your surroundings. Uh, but, you know, first I, I'm, I'm looking at, at Kevin Kisner. I know he, he's played just awful, really, the last month and a half or so. But he's from Aiken, South Carolina, which is about an hour and a half drive, hour drive from here. Um, he knows the area. He knows the course. Um, and so I, I, I feel like, in, and again, he it is not based on form. I think I was looking, he missed, he's missed three of his last five cuts. So he's not necessarily playing well. Um, but uh, one of those guys that one of these days will you know, kind of put it together. And I feel like it's going to be at a tournament like this that I'll call it an off tournament or, you know, not necessarily high profile. Um, or uh, Lucas Glover, another South Carolina kid who uh, is actually fellow, a ambassador fellow for with you. Congress. Yeah. Fellow Clemson guy, who, by the way, Clemson, uh, they had the uh, uh, national champion, uh, uh, individual medalist uh, a couple weeks ago. So, but anyway, so Lucas Glover, I think, is, is, is a good pick. And, you know, he's had a, a good little run recently. Um, he's always been a good ball striker. Um, and I feel like on some of these courses that don't always host professional events, uh, you get a good ball striker on a hot putting day and the birdies pile up. Uh, and the other one that I've got is Pat Kazire. Uh, I, okay. I think he's, uh, and if I had to pick right now, I'd pick Pat Kazire. I think he's got a little better form than, than Bubber Kisner and playing pretty well. I kind of like where his game's at. And I feel like, like you said, these events tend to bring out guys who either don't win very often or don't find themselves in contention. And this is kind of a stepping stone for them. And I feel like Kazire could be that, that piece. Um, and, you know, I, I've been I've been thinking about my picks a lot recently because, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the PGA, I was going between Phil Mickelson and Rory, you know, with you guys, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I had that out there, and I didn't go with Phil, I went with Rory. Yet last week, I was going between Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa, <laughs> and I went with Hovland, even though Morikawa made the left. So now I got all right. I got these three guys, and originally I was going with Glover, but now I'm going with Kazire. I think I think Pat Kazire is your 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 winner. Okay. All right. I, I like that pick. Actually, I was thinking uh, as a guy who has been playing well, he's, he's been kind of in good form. Uh, we haven't seen that in a few years. Uh, plus, I'm a huge Pack Desire fan because he gave me a pair of golf shoes out of the back of his truck once. That was just freaking awesome. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, gave, <laughs> gave them to Robbie uh, because they don't fit me, obviously. But um, man, I think I think they put blisters on Robbie's feet because those guys only wear those shoes like one time before they throw them away. Um, but so they weren't like broke in or anything. Uh, but um, but anyway, um, when we went to Tennessee a few years ago, I had gotten him right before that. And so I took him to Tennessee with me. I gave him to Robbie, and then Robbie wore him like the next day. Nice. And his, he played terrible. His, he got blisters all over his feet. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if he ever wore him again. But uh, but I like Pat Gazzara because he's a nice guy. Uh, and, and he's been in a good form. And I think this, this tournament does kind of set up well uh, to get him back in the winner's circle. Uh, so I like that pick, but I'm going to go with a uh, East Carolina guy uh, who lives now in Charlotte, and I'm going to go with Harold Varner the third. I think uh, he he consistently plays pretty well, um, and but but obviously has not gotten over the schneid of winning, but but consistently performs well, does well. Usually within a season, will be uh, inside the top ten a few times. 
uh, and, and be in contention to win some golf tournaments throughout the season uh, has not uh, pulled one out. I think this could be a week that he does. I think this could be a week where uh, he can put it all together, uh, not too far, only you know, probably a couple hours from Charlotte where he lives, and uh, he can put it together and, and really play well and, uh, and, and just outplay the rest of the field um, to the, to the tune of a win. So I'm going to pick him just kind of as a guy that maybe most people wouldn't think of and look at as a guy who, uh, I think really has a good chance, um, to, to play well and win. Obviously we don't have any course history on this, so we don't know who okay. would play well at this or who played well here last year or the year before or anything else like that. Um, I'm just, I'm just going on a hunch that I feel like it's, it, he's kind of due for, for a win. So, uh, played well at the players, and I, I think he'll play well uh, this week and, and squeak out a win if I'm going to pick somebody. Um, and uh, so what what are your thoughts on Brooks and DJ? Do you think they – I mean, they got the U.S. Open next week. Do you think they're just showing up because they're, you know, whatever, like it's, it's South Carolina, they're buddies, you know, whatever. Like do you think that it's – like either one of them are legitimately trying to trying to go out there and win this week? I was surprised they're both in the field because with the U.S. Open, again, in Torrey Pines, across the country, right, they finish right. on Sunday. They got to fly clear across to San Diego. Um, I, I, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked that they're here. And even, you know, DJ, uh, I don't know if he's still at the house out here in California, but I know his wife's family is from out here. Uh, right. So, yep. uh, I, I, I'm shocked that they're in the tournament. I really am. Um that said, I think DJ specifically, he is looking for rounds. He is looking for something. He obviously hasn't really played well since really probably the last Masters was the last tournament. He really played well. I mean, maybe yeah. there was one more in there somewhere. Um, yeah, no, he, I, I think he, yeah, he, the beginning of the year, January, he, I think he won over on the European tour in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, that's and right. Played, and played pretty decently at tournament champions, things like that. But yeah, hasn't done any. He's only got one top ten since January, and it was a win. So I don't, I don't think he's been in great form yeah. for sure. No, and I, so I think he's, I think he's going to use this as a kind of a stepping stone to try to get into better form for the, uh, for Torrey Pines. But man, you're going to find conditions just totally different. I mean, different grasses, different Torrey Pines. The rough is going to be, you know. six, seven, and can't imagine Congre, Congre is going to be, you know, U.S. Open style layout. Right. Um, could be wrong there, but I don't think so. Um, and Brooks, uh, I don't know, given his knee and, and you know, I, I, that one, I have no clue why he's playing there, except uh, he likes playing in South Carolina. Don't, don't know. Maybe he never left from Kiowa. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it is one of those things where, uh, being a South Carolina kid, he probably has a heart for uh, growing the game in his state. He maybe even is doing some foundation, like he has a foundation that's about giving back to youth mm -hmm. golf, especially in South Carolina. So I, I think maybe there's parts of that that are at play with Dustin, um, obviously being a, a hometown kid and um, and trying to get you know, maybe he has foundation events. Maybe this is where he can get a lot of donors to come in and he hosts a dinner or something like that, or, you know, plays with someone in the pro-am that, that is willing to, you know, foot, foot some cash toward his foundation. What, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I think, I think there's probably some, 
some motive there as to why he's in the field. Now, I think there. I, I think to be honest, I think Brooks and Dustin will both make the cut. I think Dustin will probably can like be close uh, to the. You know, he'll be in top ten. I think uh, would be my assumption just based off the field that I'm looking at. I mean, Dustin Johnson, right. even at his worst, is better than half this field. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those things. But I but I think you know Brooks, he'll probably make the cut, and then he'll probably. You know, I don't. I, he's not going to care what happens on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't even think he really cares if he makes the cut. But I just think the golf course is going to be too easy for him not to. You know, like I think, I think right. even if you know the cut is eight under, which it very well could be. Like I mean, it very well could be that you know the cut line is seven eight under par. Um, I think you know these guys probably are shooting three or four under most days um, out here. So, uh, even if he finishes tied 40th and he he probably still shoots 15 under and you know, whatever. And, (laughs) you know, maybe he gets to work on some things and that kind of stuff, but you know, trust me when I say this, I don't, I mean, I, I think this, I think this impacts Dustin more than it impacts Brooks as far as the U S open stuff. I just think, I, I think Brooks has something about him whenever he gets to a major tournament that like, he just has a way to turn it on. I don't know how he does it, but he just has a way to turn it on. So, um, but I agree. It is kind of bizarre to be playing in South Carolina, hot, humid, right? completely different conditions, completely different grass, completely different, yep. you know, whatever. Um, and then go over to Torrey, which is going to be, I mean, I think the winning score last time the U S opens at Torrey was one over par. I don't even think anybody shot under par. Um, and you know, uh, the rough is going to be ridiculous. The it's going to be cool. It's not going to be hot in San Diego. It's going to be cool, uh, especially in the mornings. Um, and you know, it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, windy. Um, it's going to be coastal. I mean, it's just, it's completely different than what they're going to experience in, in South Carolina. Right. This week. So it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they're playing, but I, you know, they, you know, they get paid a lot of money to do this. So I'm assuming they know what they're doing and I don't. So that's, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. That yeah I mean, right? they'll probably be fine after their round on Sunday, they'll jump on their private jet and they'll, you know, scoot off to, uh, to, to, uh, La Jolla, but it, you're right. It's it, uh, a little, little shocking. And uh, I will say one thing that I'm really excited for, um, Tori, you know, this year I got to play Kiowa a couple years ago. I got to play Tori right when I moved to California. Nice. And uh, uh, it, it, so it's pretty cool to see two majors at, at courses that I've, that I've played at before. Um, but one of the real cool, exciting things is California lifts all of their restrictions on June 15th, which is the Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. Wow. So there you can buy tickets, right, to, to, to go. So we'll be fans um, out there. <laughs> Maybe not for the practice rounds because again it has to be until June fifteenth. At least after that, there'll be fans there. So, that's really awesome. looking forward to that to see that, you know, here in my local state. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations, California. Way to go! Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. So, uh, well, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning into this. Hope you enjoyed uh, seeing our faces for the first time. Uh, as weird as that may sound, and you know, and we're not saying we're beautiful guys, but hopefully. A little bit more personality comes across on screen than it does just through audio. So uh, whether you're listening to this or whether you're watching this, thanks for tuning in. Uh, As always, we appreciate it, and we look forward to being back with you very soon. Uh, Bob is going to pick Pat Gazire. I have Harold Varner III this week at the Palmetto Championship. 
go and enjoy the golf. It's a brand new golf course, brand new tournament. We don't know what's going to happen, so it could be exciting. Go and enjoy it, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks.